It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Everywhere I go. Were we in sync there, do you think? Was that perfect timing? We're always in sync, brother. <laughs> no, I, I hope I hope so. Uh, it felt good. It felt. I'll, I'll edit it so that it does work. Uh, I'll sort. I'll fix it in post. Great. I'll fix it in post. It's very hard to sing over the phone and over the internet. Not gonna lie, it's pretty tough. Yeah. Pretty yeah, tough. Definitely. Hi, Kieran. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Woo! It sure is, Michael. Hello, Michael. It is looking a lot like Christmas. And it's very exciting. And it's Advent season. Woohoo! It is. As we record this, it is the coming up to the second Sunday of Advent. Uh, this episode will go out uh, just after the second Sunday of Advent. So we are feeling festive. We've got a little bit of festive sprinkles on this episode and on next episode. And then the episode after that will be our Christmas special, which will be all Christmas and all festive, won't it, Kieran? Very exciting, yes. And Michael is looking festive, listeners. He has a green and red jumper on that's very cool. It's very tasteful and elegant, but also (laughs) quite Christmassy. I do have a very cosy Christmassy jumper on. I've been outside in the garden putting up Christmas lights all week. So I've been wearing lots of cosy clothes. It's, it's, It's definitely taken a turn, hasn't it, Kieran? We've had a bit of a cold snap. Yeah, definitely. Up here in, in Scotland, uh, it felt like uh, the sun didn't really rise today. It's just <laughs> yeah. been a very, even for Scotland, it's been a dricht day, as they say up here. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. You walk outside and you just get slapped in the face with a cold. <laughs> but exactly. Nice. But we're cozy yeah. inside. We are here to entertain you listeners. We are excited to get into another episode of Holy Half Hour. So let's just do that. Here we go. Okay, Kieran, my game for you today is based on one of my favorite Christmas games, Trivial Pursuit. Hey, nice. I love a Trivial Pursuit. Do you love a Trivial Pursuit, Kieran? Yeah, it is a fun game. Yeah, yeah. I tend to beat my wife at most games we play because (laughs) I'm a massive nerd and I've played lots of them before. And for the most right. part, the games we play, like the more you play them, the better you get. But she always beats me at Trivial Pursuit because she actually knows a lot more than I do about the world and things. So I do enjoy Trivial Pursuit. And I also always get my butt kicked by my wife in Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> I, th- I think I've beaten her once, luckily, and she's beaten me like every other time we've played by, a, by at least two wedges. It's very sad times. Oh, man. But, okay. you know, I just enjoy playing, so... I'm actually quite happy to lose at Trail Pursuit if it means I get to play. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> well, is this why is this why your wife is so adamant that I beat you in the games on this podcast? Yes, because she wants on uh, she wants me to get get her own back. What I don't know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, she's on Team Michael losing uh, in, in general <laughs> because that that usually means that she wins. Uh, so she's winning vicariously through you when you win, Kieran, absolutely. Right, right. Um, okay. But one thing we do, it, Trivial Pursuit takes a while if you play it by the actual rules, going around the board, answering the questions, getting the wedges, la, la, la. So sometimes we just play random Trivial Pursuit card where you just pick a card and you try to answer every category on that card. And you maybe mm. pick 10 cards from the pack and you work as a team to try and do it. And that's a that's a fun way, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to play Trivial Pursuit at home. Um Kieran, 
in case listeners aren't familiar with Trivial Pursuit, uh, can you describe what that game is? Uh, so Trivial Pursuit is a game where you answer trivia questions. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's basically it. You go around yeah. the board answering tri- trivia questions. Then sometimes you can get special ones that give you a special prize and get you closer to winning the game. And oh, okay. Trail Pursuit has okay. six categories. And what we're going to do, Kieran, is we're going to go through the categories of a, tri- of a normal Trail Pursuit card, but I've written a special question in each category just for you that's a biblical question. So there's going to be two parts. I'm going to give you a color, and you're going to tell me if you know the, what that category is on a normal Trail Pursuit card. And then I will give you the question. So a little bit of fun. The first category in Triple Pursuit is blue. Kieran, do you know what that stands for in Triple Pursuit? Uh, I don't remember. It is geography. Ah, geography. So your biblical geography Triple Pursuit style question is as follows. The biblical kingdoms of Israel and Judah were neighbors with close ties. But can you imagine them on a map? Is Israel to the north, east, south, or west of Judah? So where is Israel in relation to Judah? Is it to the north of Judah, to the east of Judah, to the south of Judah, or to the west of Judah? Well, they're above and below each other, so it Mm. is a north or south thing, but I can't remember. I want to say that Israel's in the north and Judah's in the south. You have certainly narrowed it down to two. Is that what you're going to go with? Israel in the north, Judah yeah. in the south? Uh, yeah. All right, let's have a looky. Way. Oh, nice. Good job. That is correct. Israel <laughs> is north of Judah. Well done. Okay, the next category as you go down the Trivial Pursuit card, Kieran, is pink in color. Do you know what the pink category is? Is that um, arts and entertainment? Maybe it is entertainment. Is it? Yes, arts comes in ah. a different category. Is entertainment oh, okay. well done? Okay. So your Bible style trivial pursuit entertainment question is as follows: The Bible loves music and dancing, and instructs us to dance far more than we probably do. The final Psalm, Psalm one hundred and fifty, is famously an instruction to praise the Lord, and says in verse four, "Praise Him with timbrel and dancing." But can you name three other instruments that Psalm 150 instructs to be used to worship God? Three other instruments. Yes. And you have six to choose Uh, from. Right. Well, I think there'll be a harp in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, The ten-stringed lyre. Mm -hmm. Is there a zither in there? Mm, Don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I don't know how to do this. I guess. I guess you're gonna have to give me three answers, and you're gonna have to lock them in, and then I'm gonna tell you if you're right. It's a tough one. So you're okay. gonna go harp, I'm lyre, gonna, and zither. I'm gonna go all all strings. All right. And say harp, lyre, zither. I don't exactly know what a zither is, but I presume it's a string thing. <laughs> <laughs> it wow. sounds like one. Now let's take a look. Oh. oh, so close, so close. Harp and lyre are on there, but uh, at least in the new international version, the other instruments are strings in general, trumpet, okay. pipe, and cymbals. Mm. Felt like there was some uh, some safer bets than a zither, but I admire you for your bravery. 
I was very confident about the zither. I don't know why. I just... <laughs> who knows? Who knows? But you're doing good. Mm. Uh, that was uh, that. It felt it felt wrong to make you get that one wrong because you got two out of three. But you know, by the rules of Trivial Pursuit, the way we play it at my house, you wouldn't have got it. So, yeah. uh, how about well. the next category is yellow in color? Do you know what the yellow stands for on a normal Trivial Pursuit card, Kieran? Yellow. Uh, is it film oh, and TV? It's not. Entertainment would be film on TV in the in the new oh, in course, the new yeah. hip version. Uh, is it the arts? It's history. History. Mm-hmm. My wife is good at this category. Well, she's good at them all, to be fair. But she's good at this one in the normal trivial pursuit. However, your biblical history question is: history is everywhere, even in the historic books of the Bible. In Ezra chapter 4, verse 19, a city is described as having, quote, a long history of revolt against kings and has been a place of rebellion and sedition. Which city was being described? Was it Jerusalem, Babylon, or Uruk? Hmm. I think Jerusalem. Yeah. You want to lock that in? Probably. Yeah, because this is sort of after the exile or around the time of the exile, yeah. So I feel like Jerusalem might be a city that would be seen as uh, rebellious, possibly. So yeah, going to go Jerusalem. Sweet, let's have a looky. Hey, good job. Very good job. Nice. So... Next on Trivial Pursuit card is the brown category, although in more hip modern uh, versions of the game, it's actually purple now. But when I was a lad, it was brown. (laughs) Do you know what uh, subject, can you guess what subject the brown category is, Kieran? I don't want to even want to guess. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I don't don't really know. I don't know what the brown category is. arts and literature. Ah, it's interesting that that gets the color brown. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, perhaps more vibrant colors that I would pair with uh, the arts. Maybe that's why it's been changed to purple in the more modern versions of the game. Your arts and literature Bible question is this. The Bible itself is a hugely varied and beautiful collection of literature, the most published in human history. But can you name the oldest and newest books of the 66 books in the canon? Oh, wow. Well, I am fairly confident that the oldest book in the Bible is Job. Mm-hmm. That's the one that's been dated the furthest back. Um, as for the newest, I have no idea. Um, so I'm going to guess Revelation. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's at the end. Yeah, makes sense. Are you going to lock that yeah. in, my friend? Yeah, might as well. I've got nothing else to go on. <laughs> All right, let's take a look. Here we go. Hey! Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> Obviously, some of the New Testament books kind of overlap in the years that they were written, but Revelation by hmm. one year has its kind of window as the newest. Um, so Right. Okay, the next category on... You're doing well. The next category on the Trivial Pursuit card is green, Kieran. Any guesses? Green. We've had geography. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was blue, wasn't it? Mm, well remembered. Uh, so what would what would green be? 
politics. <laughs> good guess. Very good guess. Politics tends to come under the history category. So quite often, uh, it, of course. Quite often yeah. it can be news, history, politics, all that kind of jazz. Science mm -hmm. and nature is green. Science and cool. nature. That makes a lot of sense. You will enjoy this For question, Kieran, because it's all about birds in the Bible. Hey, don't get me started. <laughs> I Frigate bird. You. Is that the answer? <laughs> Elephant bird. I expect you to get this one <laughs> correct uh, because you have, uh, listeners, if you have joined us in recent episodes then uh, and not listened to much of the first season of Holy Half Hour, <laughs> then you've missed a lot of nonsense with birds and Kieran in particular. But anyway, mm -hmm. your Triple Pursuit question for science and nature in the Bible is this. Only one of these 10 birds is not mentioned in the New International Version of the Bible. Can you name it? Kite, dove, rooster, crow, eagle, falcon, owl, cormorant, osprey, and vulture. I will say those again slightly more slowly for you. So only one of these is not mentioned in the NIV version of the Bible. Kite, dove, rooster, crow, eagle, falcon, owl, cormorant, osprey, vulture. This is a toughie. And, and is this, the, the, these birds appear under those exact names? Under those exact names. Well, it's the, it's the cormorant, osprey, and vulture that I... Well, cormorant and osprey particularly mm. uh, that I can't... I don't, couldn't... I can't place anywhere. Uh, I'm going to guess cormorant. No. Osprey. <laughs> you sure? Osprey? I'm going with osprey. Yes. All right. Let's take a look. Oh, it better not have been cormorant. <laughs> I'm afraid <laughs> it is actually crow. Ah, okay. The word crow appears in the Bible as the rooster crows. Yeah. But the bird okay. itself is not in the Bible. Um, but cormorant, mm. osprey, vulture, owl, and falcon, all these other birds which you were like, maybe would think, how are they in the Bible? Um, they're in the Old Testament when... <laughs> uh, when they're talking about which animals are unclean to eat. Um, right, okay, of yeah. course, of course. So there's a lot of animals yeah. in that section of the Bible. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, there's <laughs> one question left, and you have three correct and two incorrect. So it's still all to Ooh. play for. The last color of uh, category on the Trivial Pursuit is orange. And Kieran, any guesses? Orange. Uh, objects. <laughs> get straying into articulate, man. Yeah, you're just wishing we were playing articulate. Orange yeah. is sports and leisure. Sports and leisure. Okay, okay. And your biblical sports and leisure question is: Did you know that one of the biblical writers is a fan of boxing? Writing: I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. Can you name the biblical writer? And for a bonus point, the book of the Bible, that section of scripture is from. Hmm. So who wrote, well, I do not fight like a boxer beating the air? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm almost certain that this is Paul writing in a New Testament letter. Mm -hmm. 
and that this is sort of an, an analogy about spiritual discipline or spiritual maturity. Mm. Um, but where it is, I cannot recall. Well, you only so need to get I'm the writer say, correct. But if you want to take a stab at the book, uh-huh. that's cool. I'll have a guess. I'm going to say Galatians. All right. Well, let's see. That feels right for some reason. Let's see if Paul is even the correct answer. Our sound effects department oh. says. It was Paul. Well okay. done. Four out okay. of six. Very well done. It's actually 1 Corinthians 9, verse 26. Ah. Well, Kieran, there you go. Trivial Pursuit. You did very well. Four out of six. If that was a normal Trivial Pursuit card, we'd be very happy with that performance. So good job. <laughs> That's good. Thanks, man. Who unlikely worships us? Unlikely. For this week's unlikely worship song, Michael, we are, of course, into the Christmas season. Woo. It's Advent, which is very exciting. We're very, very happy about that. Um, but I thought we would do some carols, you know, and make the most of, of this Advent time and, and do carols over the next few weeks. Love a carol. So next couple of weeks. So I have prepared. But I thought, how, how, how could we sort of make these, uh, you know, relevant to our podcast, mm. you know? How could we help them to sort of boost the kind of Christmassy, the the brand identity, if you like? <laughs> Always uh, without wishing to sound too corporate and soulless. Uh, how can we uh, take some carols and, and make them about our show <laughs> and incorporate us in, into them? So that's kind of what I've done. Nice. Uh, hopefully, that's not too offensive to any of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I've done. So. Uh, I don't really know what else to say. Have a, have a listen to. So I've done four of these. We're going to do two this week and two next week. And a bit like our, uh, you know, our the hunt for jingles that we did recently. I'd just like you to really sort of just choose which one you like best. <laughs> choose which one I <laughs> you like. You may not more. like any of them. <laughs> and that's, and that's which one do you dislike the least? That's what we're looking for. And, and so, yeah, have a listen to number one. And see what you think. So these are tunes you will recognize, listeners. Uh, but um, new words. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing them, Kieran. Here is number one. The Kieran and the Michael are making a podcast. It will be about 30 minutes long. Then it will be done at last. <laughs> nice. So there's number one. Very good, very good. I like that. Short and sweet. I think we should uh, definitely use that in our uh, Christmas episode, Kieran. I think that's excellent. Well, oh, great. It's made the cut. And that is why the other thing I meant to say, listeners, is that this is a sort of a uh, bit of a kind of proving ground for our Christmas spectacular. So if Michael likes any of these, then they might make their way into our Christmas episode. (laughs) So that's sort of the end goal here. Definitely. I should have led with that because that's a much better premise for this section (laughs) than all the stuff I said a few minutes ago. Well, you know, you're finding your way. (laughs) (laughs) So... There's one for you, Michael, and uh, no doubt you recognise the tune. Do you, uh, I'm sure you'll also recognise this next one. See amid the microphones 
a man podcasting all alone. Michael is the poor man's name, recording quizzes all in vain. Bows his weary head and weeps. Who will do a podcast with me? Hark, here comes that Kieran boy Making songs of mild joy Says to Michael, now don't frown Your quiz just needs a farting sound <laughs> so there's a few a few topical references in there yeah. uh for long-time listeners of the show like uh, you in the song you cry yeah uh which is a reference to our conversation <laughs> about the fact that you never cry True. and uh and i i didn't actually put an actual farting sound in the mm. in the song because i know you don't like that yeah so yeah, i was trying to be very you know considerate and so that was very classy of you to go for trumpet rather than <laughs> fart um <laughs> But uh, that's very good, very good. Um, I like the kind of slight irony of you singing about me being alone, and I was picturing you in your room singing that alone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. Those are both great. <laughs> I like them very much. Oh, um, very impressed. I don't actually that's know fine. what I recognize. Carol number two, but I don't know what carol it's actually based on um well yeah, i mean in, in fairness it's barely recognizable as the original because <laughs> i i don't know the carol very well either uh but it's it started with a line i wanted to use uh, so i just went with it and then i made up quite a lot of the tune so, so what was it based uh, on? but it's it's <laughs> see amid the winter snow which is a beautiful carol mm. Uh, and I'm singing it on Sunday, so I do need to learn it, but I haven't learned it yet. <laughs> uh, I hope so much that you you go you're halfway through the carol and you just accidentally start singing to that tune those words. Um. The the thought had occurred, Michael. The thought had occurred. If I get out there and sing "See Amid the Microphones," it's not outside the realm of possibility that I will do yeah, that. Absolutely, you should at least include the farting sound at the end. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, listeners, uh, those are our two songs for this week. We'll be back with two more next week, and then on our Chris in our Christmas episode, I've got a special special extra song for you, Michael. Ooh. So there's something to to look forward Can't to. Wait, thanks for those. The top 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 three three three. Okay, Kieran, the special Christmas sprinkles keep on trucking with our top three this week. And uh, these are top three Christmas decorations. Um, nice. So the three words are tree, star, and bell. <laughs> tree, star, and bell. Now, ladies and gentlemen, while Kieran is uh, thinking about this, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, the top three is three words in the New International Version of the Bible. How many times do they appear? Kieran has to rank them from least to most, or from most to least. It changes week to mm. week, but he has to put them in the right order. So, Kieran, tree, star, and bell, 
let us into your thought process, please. Well, I, I, I tend to start this by going with the one I think appears the least. Mm. And I think it's probably Bell. Mm-hmm. I, I actually think it either goes Tree Star Bell, as you said mm. a moment ago, or it goes Star Tree Bell. Because um, I'm, I'm sort of thinking there are quite a few mentions of stars in the Sams and particularly, uh, and in the creation account, mm. in Genesis. Mm. Uh, but I feel like trees come up a lot too. Mm. Um, but don't forget, Kieran, so, but I think mi- I, I literally search for the exact word that I say. So it's just star, not stars. Yeah. And it's just tree, not trees. Oh, of so course. No yeah, plural, yeah. just a singular. Okay. Right, right. Hmm. Same with bell. Mm. It's not bells, it's bell. Yeah. Uh, well, in that case, uh, I think it goes tree star bell <laughs> from, from most to least. All right. Well, let's take a look and see if you're right. Whee. Oh, no way. You are indeed correct, sir. Tree has 149 mm. mentions. Star, just 15. And Bell, huh. a lowly six. Now, Kieran, huh. the... question. <laughs> you're going to ask the question I was about to ask you. What were you going to ask me? <laughs> yes. What I was going to ask was, where, where, where are the uses of Bell? I'm curious, Michael. Is that what you were about to yeah, ask me? <laughs> oh, we're so in sync, Kieran. I was going to say, do you think yes. you have any idea where Bell is mentioned in the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I'll have a go. Yeah. Uh, there have to be in the sort of um, regulations for the temple and stuff. Mm. There's got to be bells in, in on like priestly garments and maybe on sort of maybe in tabernacle adornments and decorations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm guessing bells come up somewhere in there. Uh, I feel like. Uh, I don't know if this is in scripture or if this is a later sort of rabbinical tradition, but is there not something about uh, rabbis or religious leaders in Israel having bells on their clothes? Mm. I don't know, Um, possibly. But I I think it's going to come up in those kind of places. And is there a bell in Revelation? There are horns and stuff, but... I'm going to say that there's maybe a bell too. <laughs> Just well, a hunch. You should have quit while you're ahead because you absolutely hit the nail on the head. You nailed it. Almost all the mentions of bells are in Exodus. Uh, um, all about having gold bells and pomegranates alternating around the hem of priestly robes. Um, mm, yeah. Uh, Mm. So Exodus 28 says, okay. make pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn around the hem of the robe with gold bells between them. And lots of uh, most of the mentions are in Exodus 28 and 39. And there's one in Zechariah. Um, okay. On that day, holy to the Lord will be inscribed on the bells of the horses and the cooking pots in the Lord's house will be like the sacred bowls in front of the altar. So yeah, not many bells, mm. but where they do appear is exactly where you thought they would. So good job. Except in Revelation. Yeah, none in, I must none remember to stop talking a sentence early. <laughs> well, you did great. <laughs> Thanks, man. 
Bible facts. Coming at ya with some Bible facts. Michael and Kiaran with some Bible facts. Coming at ya with some Bible facts. Michael and Kiaran with some Bible facts. Well, Kieran, today's Bible fact is Ezra Nehemiah. I've taken both books together, haven't I? Stolen them both. Mm-hmm. I think as we <laughs> uh, we discussed uh, last week, Ezra and Nehemiah are basically the same book uh, in the original Hebrew Bible, uh, separated in our Bibles. Um, but we thought basically that we would put them together for the Bible fact section. Um, and it's quite difficult coming up with a Bible fact for Ezra because it's kind of, it is what it is. So maybe this is less of a Bible fact and more of a thought for the day. <laughs> um, but that's okay as well, I think. Right. So Ezra and Nehemiah are kind of one book with one author and they have three parallel stories. Um, if you'd like to have a really good breakdown of really any book of the Bible, then we recommend the Bible Project on YouTube. Um, they do really good mm. breakdowns. And if you were to watch that, it talks a lot about how there's three parallel storylines of God compelling the king of Babylon to send Israelites back to Jerusalem, the first time to rebuild uh, the temple. Uh, that was a rebel bell that happens in Ezra. Then uh, the second time, the community and the teaching of the Torah. That's Ezra again. And then in Nehemiah, it's the city walls. So each time they're sent, with some of the Israelites are sent back to Jerusalem uh, with uh, resources. They have some success. They face some opposition. They reject the people that were remaining in the land. And each part of that story kind mm-hmm. of ends in a bit of an anticlimax. And that kind of speaks to that wider narrative of Scripture where the anticlimax kind of points to Jesus being the one that fulfills ultimately the narrative of Scripture. Um, hmm. But my thought is this kind of, I think it's interesting that this tension at the heart of Ezra and Nehemiah, these uh, parallel story arcs where they have this tension between success and failure or, or anticlimax, um, is kind of mirrored in a section of Ezra chapter 3, Uh, Ezra 3 verses 12 to 13 Um, and I think also it it speaks to our experience as Christians today so Ezra 3 12 to 13 says but many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid while many others shouted for joy No one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard from far away. So just uh, that idea of, uh, so Ezra's there, they're rebuilding the temple. Well, it's Zerubbabel, sorry. Zerubbabel's leading the rebuilding of the temple and uh, people who had remembered the temple prior to it were weeping because it was not as they wanted it to be and others were rejoicing and i just think that it's really interesting because mm. we live in a broken and hurting world which we endeavor to love at the same time as struggling not to be broken and hurt by it whilst daily choosing to rejoice in the lord and to look forward to the <clears throat> glory that's to come so i think mm. our churches are places where rejoicing and weeping come hand in hand. 
our experience of the world is one of of being subject to a world which is weeping, but trying to love it uh, and to look forward to a time of rejoicing and to actively choose to rejoice in the Lord. And I just think that the arc, the narrative arc of Ezra and Nehemiah mirrors our own, but also this kind of juxtaposition or this tension between weeping and rejoicing also kind of mirrors our experience today. Um, and I just think it's interesting because for me, it speaks to just the relevance of a book, which, you know, a person, you know, a 30 something guy living today, who, which is what I am, you know, who's never been to any of the places where most of the scripture is based and the experiences of the people of Israel is based, it reads mm. a book from thousands of years ago dealing with, you know, the rebuilding of a, of a holy temple by uh, exiled people. Like, there's no shared experience there for me. And yet there is a shared experience. It speaks to the universality of the human experience and it speaks to the, the always relevance of, of the scriptures, in my opinion, which is why I think it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's good, bro. That is, is fascinating. I, I love that picture of those two... Uh, sort of attitudes being encapsulated in worship, mm. the the celebration and the and the weeping, you know. And I think that's such an important part of of our our life as as worshippers, as as followers of Jesus, as people who are in a relationship with the Lord and and live for Him. That for worship to be honest, it has to include both of those things. I think, you know, and and I, and I think that's been brought home for me, you know, to an extent during these uh, these lockdowns that we've had, and just often feeling, um, you know, uh, that life can be drudgery and it can be quite dull, actually, uh, and has been often in the last few months. Um, and But there's something important about bringing that to the Lord, you know, and not, and not that we dwell on, our, on the negative all the time or that we, you know, uh, and not that we have to be suffering in order to be close to God. I don't believe that. But but there is something core to the human experience that, you know, that, as you said, this world is not our home and, and we are going to suffer here in, in different ways. And uh, that in in that we have, uh, you know, Jesus who, who suffered uh, and who died in our place and who has felt and experienced every pain that we've gone through. And will go through, uh, and that's such a wonderfully encouraging thought, you know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. It's really important to remember, uh, not only what you said at the end, but what you said at the start there—that like weeping can be as much worship as rejoicing, uh, and worship mm. does not preclude weeping. Like, if if you are in a difficult position, and it would make sense that you might be out there listening to this having a tough time because the world is is a difficult place at the best of times never mind during a global pandemic where you know many people are experiencing very deep and unexpected loss whether that's losing people that they they love or whether that's loss of closeness uh with people through isolation um you know it's it's okay to weep and still be worshiping uh, worshiping is a mm. is a is a position of the heart, um, and you can be focusing on God, mm. and being op- open and honest with God whilst whilst weeping, uh, and that can still be worship. Uh, so you, 
we 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 try to rejoice we pray we uh mm. we we aim to rejoice but there is a time for everything like ecclesiastes says uh a time for weeping is included in that so it's uh yeah it's important yeah. to permit ourselves to do that absolutely it's good thanks for uh thanks for sharing my friend i hope you enjoyed my not really a bible fact <laughs> it's good man thank you yeah bible facts Bible facts. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have enjoyed this week's Holy Half Hour. I certainly have enjoyed hanging out with my good friend, Kieran, and with you lovely people who are listening at home. Likewise, Michael, it's been fun. And thanks, everybody, for listening. As you do, we so appreciate it. And uh, as ever, if you want to get in touch with the show, if you want to send us a funny, funny Christmas story, past or present, (laughs) or whatever you want to say, then uh, it's hello at holyhalfhour.co.uk. That's our email. And you can find us on social media too. Absolutely. And like we said earlier in the show, next week we'll have some more Christmas fun sprinkled in, and then the week after will be our Christmas spectacular. We can't wait to see you there. Woohoo! Woo! It's going to be good. It is a certainly going to be good. Until then, until next week, Kieran, I will see you soon. Goodbye. Cheers, Michael. Bye, everybody. Mm-hmm.